Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Whore. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. This is part two of our two-part discussion of upcoming 2021 horror movies. As we mentioned in part one, this is not an all-inclusive list. There will be some movies that were on our list from last year that were not released because the world was and is still living out a real-life horror movie. (laughs) Um, But hopefully those movies will be released this year. There are also a lot of other new movies coming out this year. Hopefully that sound really good as well. These are in no particular order of release date because dates are completely subject to change. Uh, Once again, our references, we have Looper, Where's the Jump.com, Cinema Blend, Den of Geek, MovieWeb.com, IMDb, Cosmo, and IndieWire. All right, Mindy, what do you have up first? Really quick, I just want to say that I think it's funny that you're like, Den of Geeks, Cinema Blend, Cosmo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I I know Cosmo. I know why that's in there. That's a a little bit of some hot gas (laughs) about some some actors. And I apologize for using the term hot gas. Eh, whatever. All right. So our first movie... (laughs) Uh, is Dark Harvest. Again, expected release date, possibly September 24th. Fingers crossed. We really don't know. Uh, Director David Slade of Hard Candy and 30 Days of Night fame offers a Halloween-themed movie for autumn 2021. Hmm, yay. Adapting Norman Partridge's 2007 novel of the same name, which is set in an unnamed Midwestern hamlet that each year sends its young men to confront the menace known as, quote, Sawtooth Jack, a giant pumpkin-headed creature that arises from the corn each year. The one who succeeds wins the, quote, October prize, a year of bliss-free from bills with a new car provided. I'm already looking forward to the fall of 2021, big time. Um, this sounds like a badass great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. This sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm really excited about October 2021. I love horror movies that actually take place in and or around Halloween time. Totally. So this, yeah, this sounds fun i'm i'm on board just from that description i keep thinking of like charlie brown just took a lot of mushrooms and like this is the (laughs) results him and linus are waiting out in the field anyway yeah it's like the peanuts all grown up or something i'm i would be down for that as well (laughs) the great monster is now a giant evil pumpkin head (laughs) that would be awesome all right what's up next uh, yeah, the next movie I'm not really looking forward to so much, but, oh. you know, I could be pleasantly surprised. So it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I swear I saw that movie before. It's yeah, a good title. Right? It is a really good title. Um, expected release date is to be announced. It is yet another sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre The new sequel will serve as a continuation to the story begun in Toby Hooper's 1974 feature film. 
Melody is a 25-year-old San Francisco moneymaker who drags her younger teenage sister with her to Texas on a business trip out of fear of leaving her alone in the city. <laughs> yeah, good thing she didn't leave her alone in the city. <laughs> oh, the irony. Uh-huh. Uh, the sister, Dreama, is an amateur photographer who is wheelchair-bound. Very original. I mean, come on. <sighs> it's like the Franklin character of the original. Like, what? What are we doing, people? Anyways, and it's not long until they're fighting for their lives against a 60-year-old leather face. Holy shit. He's, like, taking in Social Security now. <laughs> Almost. He's practically there. Uh, it does have a good cast, though. It stars Alice Krieg from Gretel and Hansel, The OA, Deadwood, and The Walking Dead, Mo Dunford from Vikings and Elsie Fisher, who is in Castle Rock in eighth grade. Um, I don't know why we need to have another sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre because the other ones were not good. Well, I mean, the only one I saw was the Jessica Biel one. It was not good. I've not heard good things about the other sequels or remakes. No, we watched that one recently. Uh, was it the third, second, third? I don't remember. That was just, okay. Yes, we watched the we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, right, which is amazing with Dennis oh. Hopper, but that's not a remake. That was just a sequel. That's a sequel, but it was a sequel that was made by Toby Hooper. First of all, and it was like in the seventies or whatever, right? Still? It came out shortly. I mean, all right, let me quick little because yeah, I was gonna ask you how many sequels there are because I was confused by this too. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> so there is Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, which came out in eighty six, so twelve years after. Um, there's Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, which came out in nineteen ninety. There is Texas Chainsaw, which came out in twenty thirteen. There There's is, also uh, The Next Generation, which was 94. Which I do recommend. That's the one I told you to watch, Mindy, with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I'll have, to, I'll have to put it on the list. That's just like a drunk watch. That's just a fun what-the-fuck movie. There's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning from 2006. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003 with Jessica Biel, which is the only one I've seen besides The Next Generation and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. But I recommend Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because it was directed and written by Toby Hooper, who did the original. Mm. And it is basically, I think I talked about this on uh, a previous episode because he originally, Toby Hooper, intended the movie to be a comedy, believe it or not, um, or more like a, a social commentary slash comedy type film. And people didn't really <laughs> get that, didn't really yeah. come across. Um, so he decided to make it like totally obvious by making the second one. And it also has Dennis Hopper in it, which is just like, I mean, any movie with Dennis Hopper is worth watching. And it has Bill Mosley in it, oh. who is in uh, The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. And uh, yeah, so I say watch that. Know ahead of time that it's a comedy. And know ahead of time it's a comedy. And 
you're not to take it seriously at all. And it's just like this batshit crazy story that we actually bought it because I don't think you can really find it anywhere. We couldn't find it anywhere. So we ended up just buying it. Okay. So if you want to borrow it, I have it. Anyways. Well, all right. So that's happening. Um, so speaking of, of sequels and reboots of existing franchises, I guess, um, Wrong Turn is expected to be released on February 25th. Uh, friends hiking the Appalachian Trail are confronted by the Foundation, a community of people who have lived in the mountains for hundreds of years. I'm sure that they're very peaceful and lovely. Uh, screenplay by Alan B. McElroy, the writer of the original Wrong Turn and franchise creator, stars Matthew Modine, not gonna lie, still have a crush on him. Um, it has been reported that this film will be a reboot and will not follow the same cannibals that have been featured before. This will be the seventh movie in the Wrong Turn franchise, which explores various family members of a mountain-dwelling cannibal tribe in West in the West Virginia wilderness and Appalachian Mountain regions. So again, let's just rehash what we got. Yeah, I think I've only seen the first one, and I'm kind of wondering why Matthew Modine isn't in this, because he's actually a really good actor, and I like him, and I don't know, did he like gamble away all of his Stranger Things money because this doesn't seem like something I would expect to see him in. Uh, I'm guessing that it was a decent paycheck or he lost a bet. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's a good movie. I mean, we're we're very judgy. We're being but... very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of the point, you know. We're just having fun, everybody. Yes. All right. Uh, next up, we have Army of the Dead. Expected release date is to be announced. Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble. Haha. <laughs> I did not write that. Um, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted, Directed by Zack Snyder, who directed Dawn of the Dead from 2004, and also the 1995 short video titled Rod Stewart, Leave Virginia Alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of, isn't that like something that you really enjoy watching, Mindy? Is the Rod Stewart, Leave Virginia Alone short video? Directed by Zack Snyder. I'm sorry. I just I threw that in there because I was going through his his filmography on IMDb and saw that and was like, wow. <laughs> well, I'm glad you you included it, and now I'm very curious because what the fuck did Rod Stewart do to Virginia? <laughs> I kind of want to know. Anyway, interesting. And is it the state of Virginia? Is it a woman named Virginia? Or so both. many, so many questions. So many layers. Oh, <laughs> Rod Stewart, get off Virginia! <laughs> All right, so this is the spiritual successor slash sequel to Zack Snyder's directorial debut film, Dawn of the Dead, which, as I mentioned, is a uh, 2004 movie. It's a remake. Uh, Chris D'Elia filmed his role before his reputation and career were ruined in the summer of 2020 after stories broke about him pursuing underage girls for sex and for sexually harassing women. Gross. Um, and 
fun fun fact, or maybe not so fun fact, um, Mindy, I know you don't watch the TV show You. Yeah, but I know it. Yeah. But Chris D'Elia was in season two of You, and that was literally who his character was. He was an actor, maybe slash comedian, who basically was pursuing underage girls for sex, and it was like discussing. I mean, it's basically life imitating art in a horrible, disgusting, tragic way. Uh, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Awesome. So uh, Zack Snyder elected to hire comedian Tig Notaro to replace Delia. Good for him because she is much funnier and mm-hmm. a much better replacement. She'll be filming alone and inserted into the film for all the scenes that Delia was in via green screen and other special effects. Wow. So. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a little uh, tired of zombie movies, but, you know, there's been some good ones recently, like One Cut of the Dead and Little Monsters that kind of think outside the box a bit. So this is a zombie movie in Las Vegas, which we have not seen yet. I don't did Did Zombieland take place in Vegas at all? Were there any scenes that were in Vegas? I'm trying to think. The second one... I don't remember where they meet um, Rosario Dawson, maybe. Because I know they obviously go to the Capitol Mm -hmm. in, like, the greatest opening scene to any movie I've ever seen in my life. I love the opening of Zombieland 2. But I don't remember where they meet Rosario's character, but it is, like, in a bar that's very cheesy and Vegas-like. So I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. And I don't think they've done Vegas, so... This might be the first zombie movie in Vegas. All right, Mindy. So next up, this is interesting, but I'll explain first. Next up, we have Till Death. Um, As usual, expected release date. No idea. Hopefully sometime in 2021. Um, A woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge plot. Unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. Stars Megan Fox and Callan Mulvey of the Avengers Endgame, Batman versus Superman, and Dawn of, or Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice fame. Again, I'm sorry, I don't watch those movies, but he's from that. Um, Till Death holds the distinction of being, and I'm not sure how I feel about this, one of the first feature films to shoot entirely during the coronavirus pandemic. It was shot in Bulgaria beginning August 5th and wrapped production on September 12th. I don't know that that's like a flag you want to be waving. Like we endangered our whole cast and crew just to make this movie. (laughs) No, I don't. Okay. I'm going to cut you off there. I think I remember reading about this. It's a very small cast and crew, I believe. And the reason that I think they went and shot in Bulgaria was to be secluded from the general population Mm. where it's like, very, very prevalent, and everyone had to quarantine and be tested. So I don't think they're bragging like, ha we went and made this movie during the coronavirus pandemic. You're probably right, but I just felt like being judgy. Also, did you not feel that that sounds kind of similar to Gerald's game? Absolutely. It sounds like Gerald's game, but 
not as good <laughs> with like two randos killers that show up yeah I, well we'll see august or no august 5th is when it started if it comes out in 2021 we'll have to see all righty sharon what do we got next next up we have false positive uh we also do not know when this is going to be released and it stars pierce brosnan sophia bush and justin thoreau one of my favorites it's currently being described as a modern Rosemary's Baby. It's produced by A24 Films. They've done Hereditary, Midsummer, The Lighthouse, and The Witch. So they have a good track record. There. I was going to so, say, they're all right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we expect this to be also an amazing film, right? Um, it is co-written. Actually, no, I do expect this to be an amazing film because fucking listen to this, Mindy. It is co-written and produced by Alana Glazer and John Lee and is set to debut as a Hulu original in 2021. Nice. False Positive marks Glazer and Lee's feature film co-writing debut. They worked together on Broad City, which is one of my favorite TV shows ever. I Miss that show so much. It's so funny. But anyways, uh, Glazer stars in the film as Lucy, who after several attempts at trying to get pregnant with her partner, Adrian, played by Justin Thoreau. She wrote it. I know. I was going to say, um, good choice for choosing him as your partner. <laughs> I mean, hey, man. Yeah. If you're going to if you're going to go for it, go big or go home. Right. I mean, it's either Josh, Justin Thoreau or uh Patrick Wilson, right? Right. I mean, why why wouldn't I? I mean, if I'm going to write a movie, <laughs> what would be the point otherwise if you're not going to cast hot <laughs> people to be your co-stars? Or not only your co-star, but your husband or boyfriend. Hey. Um, so they find their dream fertility doctor in Dr. Hindle, played by Pierce Brosnan. But after becoming pregnant with a healthy baby girl, Lucy begins to notice something sinister through Hindle's gleaming charm, and she sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about him and her own birth story. Glazer says, it's going to be insane. It's about the patriarchy as expressed through medicine. So... Love it. I mean, yes. I was going to say, I mean, I know he's older, but uh, Pierce Brosnan ain't too bad either. So... Really, she did well for herself with this movie. <laughs> I feel like we're really objectifying men a lot in these last two episodes. <laughs> you know what? I give zero fucks. <laughs> yeah, women are objectified enough. All right. Mindy, any hot guys in our next movie? <laughs> well, we do actually have a Chicago native. Is he hot? Well, it's a chick, and she's hot, so yeah. Okay. Um, the next movie is The Devil's Light. Uh, I, this actually is, um, when you when you were hearing this, this is another time travel movie. It, the expected release date is January 8th. Actually, it already is time travel right now, because we're past January 8th. But the story is of Sister Anne, a restless 25-year-old who devoutly believes that performing exorcisms is her calling. She is at odds with the institution's traditions. Surprise. Sisters are not allowed to perform exorcisms, only priests. With the support of a mentor, a professor who senses her special gift, she is allowed to observe actual training sessions. 
Her desire to prove herself takes a personal turn when she meets one of the school's most disturbed patients. Sister Anne comes face to face with a demonic force that infests the school and has mysterious ties to her own past. Directed by Daniel Stamm, the director of The Last Exorcism, and stars Virginia Madsen of Candyman and Better Watch Out fame, but she is the aforementioned Chicago native. Um, I think she was also my sister's ice skating teacher when she was a kid. (gasps) That's awesome. How do you... Wait, what? (laughs) How do you know that? Was she... Uh, yeah, I think she was. I'll have to double check, but I think I remember hearing my sister say, oh yeah, Virginia Madsen was my ice skating teacher. I should probably double check. How uh, have I never heard of this? I don't know. Because we haven't watched any Virginia Madsen movies? I mean, I have. Yeah, actually, Better Watch I, Out. Ju- I just watched Better Watch Out like two weeks ago. Oh. And she's in that. I don't know. I could be thinking of, oh yeah, the one from Sideways. I think that was her. Yeah. What? She's in All Sideways, right, talk to your yeah. sister and find out because that's really cool. Okay. Um, so aside from Chicago native Virginia Madsen and possible ice skating teacher, uh, <laughs> uh, this film also stars Ben Cross um, from Star Trek from the two, from 2009 and uh, Exorcist the Beginning from 2004. Uh, this is the final feature film of Ben Cross who died 10 days after completing his role in the film. Hmm. That's very sad. So... Um, yeah, this story, though, I can get behind this. I'd be really interested to watch this because, I mean, with all due respect to everybody's religions and whatever, I was raised Catholic and confirmed and all that. But the church is some messed up shit going on when it comes to demons and exorcism and all that. Not to mention, obviously, patriarch. There's that word again. Say it for me, Sharon. Patriarchal. Oh, I just did. Yep, you just did. <laughs> Patriarchal issues within the cat. I mean, this looks like it's going to hit on a lot of things. I'm down. Yeah, I'm a little over the whole exorcism theme of of movies. I did see the last exorcism, which I liked. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, you kind of like hit your limit on those because they become popular, and then it's like everyone wants to do them, and then it's just like by the time everyone like writes their exorcism film and makes it and puts it out it's just like boom 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 it's like all you're seeing for a while and it just gets old but this seems like it has kind of a new take on that so yeah I don't know that I remember one where there's a woman who's like I can do that no well yeah that's definitely the new take on it so we have not seen that before but Maybe after this one, let's just like take it easy on the exorcism films yeah, for a bit yeah. and the zombie films. And, you know, let's have some new stuff. Um, this Ooh. next film actually sounds pretty original. I was going to say, um, nice transition. <laughs> thank you. Um, so the next film is Vengeance, expected release date, also to be announced. It is written and directed by B.J. Novak, who played Ryan on The Office, and also he wrote a bunch of the episodes of The Office. And I think it's funny now that there's all these comedy stars who are kind of like dipping their hands into the horror pot. I wonder if they're following Jordan Peele's lead because he was so successful at it, or if all these people have a legit interest in horror movies. But I mean, we have... Alana Glazer now, we have uh, Jordan Peele, BJ Novak, Chris Rock, and speaking of which, uh, I'll get to one more amazing comedy 
performer, writer, actress. And really, really quick, really, really mm-hmm. quick. I was just going to say maybe it's because comedy a lot of times comes from either like shitty things in life, like as a way to cope with with that, like comedians make fun of it or draws from negative stuff kind of in the same way that horror does. So maybe it's sort of easily relatable. I'm totally pulling this out of my ass, but I could see I could see comedy writers being good horror writers. I don't know. Well, I also think, too, that there's just a lot of closeted horror fans out there. And now that horror is being taken more seriously as a legit genre. Yeah, I think people are like, all right my turn to fucking do this and people Um, are getting more creative like with host and stuff like that people are like oh i can do this on my fucking ipad if i want to like i don't necessarily need big backing from a studio so it kind of lets people be more creative i'm hoping that's the case but yeah who knows anyway well this is definitely uh not a a small you know, independent film. This is a Blumhouse <laughs> film. Um, BJ Novak also stars in it, along with Ashton Kutcher, huh. uh, another comic actor. But he's done, I think, a few things now that are more in like the horror genre, like the butterfly effect. Um, and Issa Rae, uh, who I fucking love. And speaking of Issa Rae, Jordan Peele and Issa Rae are actually teaming up to produce a sci-fi horror movie titled Sinkhole. Sinkhole follows a young family who move into their dream home, which is plagued by a mysterious sinkhole in the backyard that manages to fix broken things. However, the story asks, what if that thing is a person? So that sounds really interesting i have no idea when that's supposed to be released or like what stage of production they're in on that film um but i will definitely be keeping an eye out for that i'm sorry sharon i didn't hear anything you said after Issa ray and jordan peele teaming up for a sci-fi <laughs> horror movie well good it'll be a good surprise oh my out. god I, my heart like did like did flippy floppies or something <laughs> in my chest right now that's amazing well, you'll have to wait for that one. Um, but back to Vengeance, it's about a radio host from New York City who attempts to solve the murder of his girlfriend and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. So it sounds like it might be more like true crime drama type horror film. I don't know. But it doesn't have anything to do with exorcisms or zombies. So good <laughs> and it has Issa Rae so I mean she could literally read the phone book on camera and make first of all make it interesting because she'd add a beat to it and then those big eyes and that gorgeous smile I love her so much I think she's the best I'm so excited yeah agreed all right Mindy what do you got <laughs> malignant all right and now I have <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It it was just funny. I I couldn't help it. Anyway, uh, again, expected release date. Fingers crossed for 2021. This is a James Wan joint directed by James Wan. And I don't know if he hasn't really directed anything in a while, has he? I know he's been producing and stuff. He doesn't sleep. We've already determined. Yeah. So I, I can't. I can't keep up with him, so I have no idea. I'll I'll look that up while you uh, tell us about this film, though. <laughs> Written by Akila Cooper, uh, the writer and producer of Luke Cage, American Horror Story, and is is also writing the screenplay for The Nun 2, 
which I forgot that was even happening. Um, and it's going to star Annabelle Wallace from Peaky Blinders and Annabelle Creation, the movie, not to be confused with the actress's name. Uh, McKenna Grace from Annabelle Comes Home and The Haunting of Hill House. I love her so much. Uh, George Young from Containment. Jake Abel from Supernatural. And Ingrid Bizu from The Nun. Um, the plot details are under wraps, but Juan's super excited to go back to his indie roots with this hard R thriller. Ooh, hard R. Boobies? I don't know. What, is a, what does a hard R thriller mean? <laughs> I think that, well, no, Insidious was R, wasn't it? Because I think some of his movies are PG-13 to reach a wider audience. I could be totally making that up. Well, whatever. It's going to be a hard R, so we're going to have to see what that means. Sharon's um, excited for the boobies and the hard R thriller. <laughs> uh, Malignant is an original horror idea with old school practical effects. Yay! And no giant blue screens. James Wan clarified that the film is not based on his graphic novel, Malignant Man, stating, quote, it's definitely not a superhero film. Malignant is an original thriller not based off any existing IP, which means intellectual property, unquote. Wallace said in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, quote, I think we have something very special. It's genre bending. I think it's so brave. It's so original. I haven't read anything like it. And I think it's really going to be something that audiences are pretty wowed by because it's a real passion project for him. So I'm very excited. Um, Malignant will hit HBO Max, hopefully sometime in 2021. That is interesting because there's a lot of this is really original and cool, but I guess I'll believe it when I see it. But James Wan's decent, so we'll see. All right, so y you are right. All the Insidious movies that I've just looked up all are rated PG-13. Um, and so is there was another one that I saw that was PG-13 as well. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if this is like more blood and guts or <laughs> more boobies but we will find out and as far as directing um it looks like the last thing he directed was Aquaman I didn't know he directed Aquaman from 2018 and then it looks like a tv series he did like one episode of the magic order which I have not heard of and then malignant so and then he's got this comic on the side. He is such a fucking slacker. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. I, again, am, like, loving people going back to practical effects and mm -hmm. not using so much CGI. So, cool. And I have to say, I do, I'm actually a big fan of James Wan and his visuals, specifically. Um, mm -hmm. So, I think that, yeah, that, it'll be really fun to watch, if nothing else. Uh, so this next film also has a uh, a slacker starring in it. She doesn't <laughs> she doesn't do much. Um, it's called Run Rabbit Run. Expected release date we do not know. It is an Australian film starring the slacker Elizabeth Moss. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, 
She plays a fertility doctor who believes firmly in life and death, but after noticing the strange behavior of her young daughter, she must challenge her own values and confront a ghost from her past. It's directed by Dana Reed, who has worked with Elizabeth Moss on The Handmaid's Tale. She's directed a few episodes of that show. So Run Rabbit Run's screenwriter is actually a novelist uh, named Hannah Kent, who wrote this book that is very well known, titled Burial Rights, which came out in 2013. Run, rabbit, run. I mean, I don't really have too much more information on that. We should expect it out this year, possibly, maybe. Who knows? But it sounds interesting. And it sounds like the screenwriter definitely has cred. So, uh, yeah, it probably will be fairly well written. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Mindy. Okay. Our next movie, um, also with a hopefully 2021 release date at some point, uh, is called Kilroy Was Here. The film is a comedy horror anthology by Kevin Smith. Whoop! And like, I don't think I need to keep going, but I will. (laughs) Um, And it centers around the phenomenon of the Kilroy was here graffiti that's been around since the 1940s. A doodle of a bald headed man peeking over a wall with his enormous nose most prominently extended over the wall. According to ScreenRant.com, in the film, Kilroy was once a man exhibiting murderous tendencies even as a child and eventually became a cannibalistic killer during the Vietnam War. Attempts to rehabilitate him were unsuccessful. Kilroy eventually mutated into a monster. Since Kilroy Was Here is an anthology, it's a bit unclear if he'll figure directly into every story or only pop up on occasion. Smith has likened the film to the 1982 George A. Romero anthology Creep Show or Brad Miska's 2012 VHS. Justin Cuxelaine of Homeland and The Walking Dead fame will play Kilroy. The film also stars former WWE champion Chris Jericho and Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith. And I'm sorry, I still have a soft spot for Kevin Smith, so I will I will be seeing this. Yeah, I love Kevin Smith. I will be very much happy to see this one. Yeah, yeah. This one sounds really fun and different. So what's next, Sharon? All right. So up next, we have, well, it's kind of like a, a three movies. <laughs> we call that a trilogy. A tr- Shut up, Spencer. <laughs> Sharon really hates me today. I, <laughs> I was going, I was trying to think of um, a, a three for one, or I was going to say something like that. But yes, Spencer is correct. We have a trilogy. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't pop into my head first. Um we have Fear Street, Fear Street 2, and Fear Street 3. Uh, we don't have any set dates on those. They are directed and co-written by Lee Janiak, writer and director of one of Mindy's favorite movies, Honeymoon. Shut your uh, mouth. <laughs> so she's looking forward to these movies, I'm sure. I don't think there will be any traumatizing Scenes involving a woman's genitalia, Mindy, so you might actually like these. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up or down in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> well 
I'm going to almost guarantee there's not going to be a scene like that because these are adapted from the R.L. Stein book series. I don't know. Did you read that part in Fear Street 3? <laughs> Where- no, I'm kidding. I- <laughs> um, so the Fear Street... Su- st- ah. The Fear Street Saga starts in 1994, where a group of teens find out that a terrifying series of events in their hometown of Shadyside, Ohio, might be connected. Worse, the teens might be the next targets. The film covers three different time periods, including the 1600s. Whoa. Um, Yeah, I don't think I read these books as a kid. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Does not sound familiar. I, I definitely read R.L. Stein right. as a kid, but not this series. Uh, it stars Gillian Jacobs, who's from Community and the TV show Love, Sadie Sink, who plays Max from Stranger Things. The three movies will be released consecutively over three months on Netflix, which I believe is the first time that this has ever happened on Netflix. They caught on to us. Now we can't do the whole binging everything in one sitting anymore. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not aware of any trilogy that was released over uh, a period of time that's that short. No, not on Netflix or anywhere In general, else. yeah, in yeah. film history. By the way, I got a text back from my sister, and uh, Virginia Madsen was her ballet teacher. <gasps> oh, well, that's not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually very cool. I wonder, ask your sister if she's ever seen Candyman. Okay. All right, Mindy. What do we have? Oh, I was going to say speaking of ballet, but the next movie is oh. actually about gymnasts, not uh, not ballerinas, but close enough. Um, okay, so our next movie is called Hatching. Again, expected release date, hopefully sometime in the near future. A young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg She hides it and keeps it warm, but when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. This movie is from Finland. Uh, I don't know who any of the actors or actresses are in the film, and I'll probably grossly mispronounce all of their names if I try and say them, so I'm not going to attempt to do that. But the film is written by Ilha Rautsi, who wrote a short film titled Helsinki mansplaining massacre that Sharon desperately wants to watch as do I based on the title alone so this kind of sounds interesting um Spencer can you please look up where we can find the Helsinki mansplaining massacre so I can watch that tonight I mean just that title alone is amazing it's the best title (laughs) movie ever made okay so you're gonna go to your phone and you're gonna open up this app and I'm gonna I'm mansplaining this to you (laughs) shut up I like looked at him for a second like are you fucking serious? Yeah. Oh. I've been overusing that term a lot now every time Spencer tells me anything. I'm like are every, you anytime trying I to- open my mouth, it's <laughs> like why are you trying to mansplain me how to eat? He did I, when we took a break in between recording episodes. I was like I'm going to go make some uh some we have this vegan cheese that's like this oat cheese that I've been obsessed with and eating it every single day for like three months um but I was like I'm gonna go (laughs) fix myself a plate of cheese do you want some and he's like we need to eat new snacks we can't eat the same snacks all the time I'm like are you trying to mansplain eating to me (laughs) 
You don't know me. You don't I'm tell like, me what I can and can't eat. Right? I'm like, I'll eat whatever the fuck I want to eat. If I want to eat this fucking cheese every goddamn day for the rest of my life, I'm going to eat this cheese every day for the rest of my life. There is a fucking pandemic out there, people. <laughs> uh, the Helsinki Mansplaining Massacre sounds amazing, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Nice. Oh, sweet. It's oh. only 15 minutes. Oh, all right. We're going to do that after we record. All right. And next up, we have Don't Worry, Darling. We do not know when this is going to be released, uh, hopefully this year. Not much is known about the plot other than it's about an unhappy housewife in the 1950s who discovers a disturbing truth while her loving husband hides a dark secret. All right, check out this cast and crew. It is directed by Olivia Wilde. It stars... Olivia Wilde and mm. Chris Pine, Florence Pugh, Nick Kroll, Kiki Lane, Gemma Chan, Harry Styles, and Mindy, your personal friend, Timothy Simons. Yeah. I actually did message him on Instagram, which I don't know if I've ever messaged him on Instagram, so I don't know if he got it, but I was like, yeah, 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 you've won an Emmy with Veep, whatever. You're going to be in a horror movie. I'm so proud. <laughs> So maybe we can have him on the show after this movie comes out to talk about the movie and maybe talk about some of the um, gossip that I found on this movie as well. Do tell, we, please. We, I've been dying. Yeah, we don't usually do uh, Hollywood gossip on this show, but I just thought this was kind of, I don't know, a little interesting. Um, so this comes from an IndieWire article, Olivia Wilde cast Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf as the leads in this movie, but by September, LaBeouf had been replaced by Harry Styles as the film's male lead. Deadline reported at the time that LaBeouf, quote, departed the project due to a scheduling conflict, end quote. But a new Variety report claims LaBeouf was fired off the project by Wilde due to alleged poor behavior. A source close to Don't Worry Darling told Variety, quote, he is not an easy guy to work with, end quote, adding that the actor was off-putting to Wilde and other members of the cast and crew. The source noted that Wilde is known to build collaborative sets with a zero asshole policy. I honestly do not find that hard to believe at all. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's dating Harry Styles, so I guess it's a good thing that Shia LaBeouf is a douche and that she cast Harry Styles because they seem very happy together. Wait, she's dating Harry? Yep. (laughs) No comment. Um, I will say that Timothy Simmons is uh, an awesome-ass person, and I'm just very excited to see him kicking ass in Hollywood. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, not to mention... The fact that uh, this entire cast is ridiculous. So I'm very, very excited about this. Yeah, it's a great cast. I would love to hear what he has to say about his experience working on a film like this. Um, And also, I'm glad they kicked Shia LaBeouf off because he's a fucking piece of shit, especially after reading all those reports of his physical and mental abuse towards his most recent girlfriend, FK Twigs, but also some of his previous girlfriends as well. So he can go fuck himself. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, Mindy, what do we have next? 
we have The Collected. Um, again, hopefully sometime in 2021, it will be released. Um, this is the third film in the, I guess, collector collection franchise. Uh, the first film being The Collector from 2009. And then the sequel, The Collection, came out in 2012. Josh Stewart from the first two movies is back as Arkin. And Emma Fitzpatrick will be reprising her role from the previous installment, The Collection. Uh, Tom Atkins is also in this. If you haven't seen the first two movies, it's basically about a twisted serial killer who kills his victims with a series of brutal and deadly and also very creative traps. Like, literally, that's it in a nutshell. Um, the killer always takes one victim alive to add to his collection. Get it? Um I will say, I don't think I saw The Collection, but I did watch The Collector at your suggestion, and mm -hmm. it is pretty creative. Like, it's kind of batshit, but he really does put some thought into his method of killing, which I, I can appreciate that level of detail in a, in a killer. I haven't, I've only seen the first two movies once. I would love to do a rewatch before the third one comes out, and I'm really excited that Tom Atkins is in it because I really like him and I'm curious to see what his role will be. I'm guessing it's probably a cop because <laughs> that's kind of what he usually plays. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one because I like those movies. I know you're not a huge fan of the first one, but I think they're very creative. Yeah, they have they definitely had creative kills. It, it's not 100% my thing, but I also recognized that it was very interesting. All right. Well, the next movie is like, what the fuck? <laughs> so we're going to go from batshit crazy to even more batshit crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Up next, we have Willie's Wonderland. It has a scheduled release date of February 12th. I really, really want to see this one. So I hope it comes out when it's scheduled to come out and we don't have to wait much later than that. It's about a quiet drifter who is tricked into a janitorial job at the now condemned Willie's Wonderland. The mundane tasks suddenly become an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics. This flies, kicks land, titans clash, and only one side will make it out alive. It stars... Nick Cage, because of course it fucking does. I, I was going to say, just end your summary right there. <laughs> I mean, who I'm assuming he plays the janitor. But yeah, I just can't think of who else would be in this movie with that description in that role. Um, Beth Grant, who is a famous character actress, who if you see her face, you will know who I'm talking about. She's done literally hundreds of roles in everything from Donnie Darko to Speed. It's written by G.O. Parsons, who only has one writing credit, and it's one episode from Shark Week. So I don't know how you go from writing one episode of Shark Week to writing this batshit crazy movie. Uh, but I'm hoping, you know, he is one of those... Um, He's a diamond in the rough. Or what, what is the name of it? Not a phenom. A wunderkind? A wunderkind. Wunderkind, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he is a wunderkind at writing, and this is 
just going to be like amazing. And it's directed by Kevin Lewis, who also has not directed a ton of things. Um, he directed a movie called Malibu Spring Break from 2003 that only has 2.2 stars on IMDb about two Arizona girls who head out to the Malibu beaches for a spring break of partying and fun in the sun. So- I don't think that description was even needed based on the <laughs> title, but okay. It's a very creative title. Um yeah, I'm just I'm so curious to how like this director and this writer who have like no experience came together to write this movie and have Nick Cage star in it. Um, but we'll see. According to the director, Kevin Lewis, the movie is Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I mean, wow. if that doesn't make you want to see this, then I don't know what will. According to IMDb Trivia, Nick Cage has relatively zero speaking lines and was intrigued by the idea of making a movie without any speaking lines. So that is, I I will say, the one downfall to this whole thing is I love hearing Nick Cage talk. (laughs) No, are you serious? Nick Cage flexing his creative muscles by trying to take on a role without speaking lines? That's going to be amazing. I mean, it is, but I, I, I mean, I'm hoping he has at least maybe a couple words that he says because I, I do love hearing him talk because he has some amazing lines for, I mean, he's got some very, very memorable classic lines from his movies that I just, they're iconic. And yeah, but you're, you're, you're right though. I mean, seeing him pulled off, pull this off through like, facial expression and and body language and whatever it's is going to be a challenge for him as an actor and I'm sure he's able to pull it off masterfully um but we'll, yeah we might have to watch this one together think sure. of the memes Sharon think of all the memes <laughs> that this will this will generate I guarantee good point wow this is going to be awesome <laughs> okay so next up this is interesting. Uh, it's called this next movie is called Fear of Rain, and it does have an expected release date of uh, February twelfth. A girl living with schizophrenia struggles with terrifying hallucinations as she begins to suspect her neighbor has kidnapped a child. The only person who believes her is Caleb, a boy she isn't even sure exists. And here's where it gets crazy. It stars Katherine Heigl, which okay. But also Harry Connick Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Israel Broussard Carter in Happy Death Day. I didn't know that actor's name. so. But we know who he is because we are big fans of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. The, I was like, oh, Carter. But I didn't know his actual name. But this this sounds interesting. But then there's like randomly Katherine Heigl in the mix. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of hers, for sure. Uh, Harry Connick Jr., though, didn't he play the killer in Copycat? I don't I remember. Say. I'm going to look that up now. Um, but I, if that is correct, I did really like that movie and thought he... Oh, yep. And when I go on IMDb and pull it up, there's like this super creepy picture of Harry Connick Jr. So... He does make like a a creepy ass killer. Yeah, he's mm. a good actor. 
he is with that well that's like a double threat because he's musically talented and he's got acting chops does he dance or do anything else make him a triple threat i don't know did you say acting chaps or acting chops chops? i think you said chaps (laughs) so now i'm picturing him (laughs) wearing a pair of quote acting chaps i don't know what those would look like um i immediately went to assless <laughs> leather chaps yes but they they're they look like film reels or one side has a smiley face and the other side has a sad face <laughs> like the the drama happy yeah. sad face mask comedy yeah. tragedy I, i'm still picturing like they look like film reels going down his legs in any case you're leather. welcome for that visual <laughs> acting chaps he's probably <laughs> dancing in them too now I'm like, it's, you know, how when you go on IMDb and you put in a movie and it has recommendations for like m- more movies like this, there's all these good crime thrillers. Now I feel like just sitting home and binging crime thrillers all night. You know, it's funny. That was one of the additions I added to possible upcoming episodes when I added that uh, classics thing that I was talking about. I also said we should do an episode that we should title our boy Friday because it's usually my girl Friday as the secretary where we watch like the big sleep and like strangers on a train or notorious or whatever and watch like like spy movies that are like noir from like the 50s and 60s Hmm. I don't think I've ever seen any spy movies from the 50s or 60s (gasps) I got some Bogart that'll blow your mind the big sleep we have to watch (laughs) that's the one where Lauren Bacall sings the sad tomato song and it's fucking hot she i love that movie anyway sorry all right that's an outtake (laughs) for later moving right along we have le calendrier which means the calendar in french um (laughs) but the french people say it way more elegantly than i do oh we let's see we do not know when this one's going to be released. I'm sorry we have so many movies that we do not know when they are supposed to be released, but that is not our fucking fault. <laughs> right? We have no control over it, people. Um, this is another original-sounding horror film, and I love French horror movies, mm-hmm. except for maybe Shaitan. That movie still kind of traumatized me. <laughs> As I was like flipping through Shutter yesterday, it did pop up like as one of the options in one of the rows I don't remember which one and it was just a still of Vincent Castile or whatever like presumably about to chop something up and I was like hard pass I'm sorry I can't do it (laughs) I think I might need to make you watch that movie with me one day but we'll do it like in a fun way and I mean it's definitely there's a lot of things you can make fun of about that movie I mean Spencer and I were definitely making jokes about it when we were watching it because I think if you don't do that you might kill yourself or I don't know go down like a deep dark hole of depression or (laughs) spiral into uh, a living nightmare I don't know it's it's different that's for sure Uh, (laughs) we keep asking for originality and creativity I guess be careful what you wish for I mean yeah you'll you'll get it with that movie for sure um So this movie is about Eva, an ex-dancer who is now living in a wheelchair 
unable to walk. And when her friend Sophie gives her an old wooden antique advent calendar before Christmas, she realizes that each window contains a surprise that triggers repercussions in real life. Some of them good, but most of them bad. Now, Eva will have to choose between getting rid of the calendar or possibly walking again, even if it causes death around her. Ooh. Very original sounding. Yeah. That's what I love about French horror movies. They're pretty unique for the most part, at least the ones I've seen. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, our next film uh, is called Dreamcatcher, and it is actually expected to be released sometime in March of 2021. Um, this movie is about Dylan, known to his fans as DJ Dreamcatcher, who is on the brink of global stardom. Everything changes the night of Cataclysm, an underground music festival where two estranged sisters and their friends meet Dylan. After a drug-fueled, gruesome event, things begin to spiral into a 48-hour whirlwind of violence and mayhem. It stars Lou Ferrigno Jr., son of Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk, on the Incredible Hulk TV show. I mean, you had me at that, honestly. But as my friend Andy said, oh, so it's not based on the book by Stephen King where the aliens come out of those dudes' assholes. No, it's not. (laughs) I miss that book. And that is a plot (laughs) of his book, Dreamcatcher. I am not familiar with that book. I was going to say, actually, speaking of Shaitan, part of this movie sounds like the beginning of Shaitan, but then, you know, the rest of Shaitan involves uh, backwoods country French folk and incest and gross mutilations and violence. <laughs> and I'm guessing not Lou Ferrigno Jr. <laughs> So no, 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 no. Unless, yeah, Lou Ferrigno is from France because I'm pretty sure all the actors in, in Shaitan are all French actors and actresses. So definitely not. Um, but yeah, so this this might be fun. Hopefully this will actually come out sometime in March. So we might actually get to see this one. We'll see. All right. Next up, we have our first prequel on the list. We have Orphan First Kill. Do not know when this is going to be released. It is a prequel to the 2009 movie Orphan that will delve into the origins of... Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. not a spoiler alert. If people haven't seen Uh, Orphan, it is. Yeah. I mean... But that got out really, really quickly, I feel like, with that movie. I do agree with saying spoiler alert, but like I even know what the twist is in Orphan, and I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, well, it this does not give away the twist in Orphan. It just, I mean, come on. If you have a horror movie called Orphan, you know it's about a killer orphan. You don't need to like. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe the orphan got killed. And they come back as a ghost to haunt the person who killed them. uh, This movie came out in 2009 originally. If you haven't seen it yet, that's your fault, which is why I actually just watched it for the first time last week because I had not seen it before. 
Anyways, it's a prequel to the 2009 movie Orphan that will delve into the origins of Lena, who successfully escapes from a Russian psychiatric facility and makes it to America by impersonating Esther, the missing daughter of a wealthy family. But Lena's daring escape pits her against a mother who will protect her family at any cost. Isabel Furman will be reprising her role as Esther slash Lena, and she will also be an associate producer on the film. Isabel, who is now 23, was around 12 years old when she starred in Orphan. So how is this going to work since she's not a kid anymore? According to Deadline, in order to help Isabel bring her character to life again, filmmakers are utilizing a combination of forced perspective shooting and a world-class makeup team. Julia Stiles will also be a part of the prequel. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to see Orphan First Kill. I didn't see the other Orphan movie because the the like twist got out r- almost immediately when that movie came out and everybody kind of laughed their asses off and I was like I can't deal. So, it is interesting that she's now 23, the actress, and they're going to use a world-class makeup team to make her look younger than 12. Maybe I'll watch for that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they pull this off. I mean, but now that you know the spoiler, it's a prequel, so you can just watch it anyways. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's not really ruining anything for you. I'm just going to watch it for the makeup. Yeah. And the force perspective. Ooh, (laughs) I love some good force perspective. (laughs) I actually do. It's very, when it's well done, it's impressive. All right. We are on to our last movie, Melinda. What is it? It is called Lullaby. Um, This one, again, release date, TBD. um, But I'm interested in this one, definitely. A new mother discovers a lullaby in an ancient book and soon regards the song as a blessing. But her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth the ancient demon Lilith. I don't think she was a demon, but whatever. Uh, Directed by uh, John Robert Leonetti. He is known for his work on Annabelle, The Conjuring. He was the director of the Annabelle movie. Sorry. Uh, He was the cinematographer for the the original The Conjuring and a co-producer on Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2, where he also did cinematography. So he's another slacker, uh, it looks like. Um, I am really excited to see Una Chaplin on the screen. Most folks know her uh, from... Game of Thrones as it's Talisa. Is that her name? Because I don't watch that show. <laughs> yes. Talisa, Talisa Stark. Stark. Um, she also happens to be the granddaughter of Charlie Chaplin and the great granddaughter of American playwright Eugene O'Neill. And I have not talked about this show or on this podcast, but the British show The Hour um, is fabulous. It's not scary, really, but she plays Marnie on that, and I love her to death. So I'm very excited to see her in a full-length film. Also, this sounds creepy and interesting. So I, I'm curious. I like when mythology gets brought in, and so like Lilith doesn't get talked about, I don't think, too much in horror movies. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. So I have uh, a little more information on Lilith. She is actually a female demonic figure in Jewish folklore. Her name and personality are thought to be derived from the class of Mesopotamian demons called uh, Lilu. Feminine is Lilitu. Sure. 
apologies. Um, and the name is usually translated as Night Monster. A cult associated with Lilith survived among some Jews as late as the 7th century CE. The evil she threatened, especially against children in women in childbirth, was said to be counteracted by the wearing of an amulet bearing the names of certain angels. So you're, I think you're thinking of... Um, the Christian Bible? Yes. Or the character from Fraser Crane? <laughs> well, I mean, Lilith was kind of a, a, a little bit of a That might be why they named her. Fraser. Um, yeah, I actually happen to have Wikipedia up in front of me. And um, from around uh, 700 to 1000 AD onwards, Lilith appears as Adam's first wife, created, created at the same time um, around R- Rosh Hashanah. Um, and from the same clay as Adam, I guess that's in Genesis somewhere. So, oh, no. So this is, it looks like Lilith is the same in the, in the Christian Bible, too, I think. They're the same religion. No. <laughs> A- according to Sarah McLaughlin, in like the, what, mid to late 90s, she was Adam's first wife, who was a very strong-minded woman and was kicked out of the garden evil of Garden of Eden and then Sarah McLaughlin started a cult that Lilith Fair and people followed her all around the country where she sang her songs about Lilith. Yes, and we went to those concerts. Absolutely, we, we fucking did. Because we were in high school and, <laughs> and that's what girls did in the 90s. Mindy, I was wondering where you were going with that Sarah McLaughlin thing. Lilith Fair, dude. Yeah, you got Um, that. Yeah, maybe we should do... An episode on mythical women. I'm down. Like Lilith and others. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head because I'm not very religious. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's go from the 90s and jump back to present day. <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for us. That is your list of 2021 Upcoming horror movies, hopefully. Right. Maybe. (laughs) Possibly. Do not hold us to any of this. It is out of our control. But thank you all for listening to us. As always, you can write us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com with anything you want to share with us. Tell us what movies that you're looking forward to seeing the most this year. Uh, Share your ghost stories, true crime stories, creepy stories, uh, whatever you want us to read on our show. We will be discussing more 2020 horror. Sorry. Nope. We're in 2021 now. It's going to take me a while to get used to saying that. It always does every year. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. No. Um, But we will be discussing any more upcoming 2021 horror movie releases that we hear about. And we'll be talking about those in future episodes, most likely our tidbits of terror episodes. As always, please subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice and rate and review us. It truly does help us get more exposure, which is really helpful for us because then we can bring more of this fun to you every day, every day, every week. Or every day. You can listen to us every day. This is true. This is true. Um, If you are able to, I know things are kind of crazy right now, but if you are able, please join our Patreon if you want to have access to uh, 
early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and maybe get some cool shit along the way. Um, as always, please, please be kind to each other. Please be safe. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy, creepy with us. us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, oh, my God.